Hey everybody, this is Dr. Jimmy. And Dr. Tori. And this is Let's Talk, a show where we try to find our unity in our humanity, and we believe that that comes a lot through conversations. How are you today, Dr. Tori? Feeling mighty human and humid all at the same time. You know, here in the South, it's a little sultry right now. Oh, you know, did you come down to us? No, 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 no. Mm. I'm still in, I'm in the lovely, lovely Commonwealth of Virginia. Where oh, up a, north, where gotcha. Oh, where it's a sultry 97 degrees with humidity. So, yeah, whatever, man. Oh, I totally get it. It has been high 90s all week around here. And then, you know how it is with those summer storms that you mm -hmm. get? They just show up out of nowhere. The radar looks clear and you've got a deluge going on outside. Exactly, exactly. That's what happened to me last week, you know. We knew we were going to have rain. We didn't know that we were going to have the electrical storms that we had. So we had them four days straight. So it's been yeah. a little challenge. And you were temporarily displaced as a result I of that? I was temporarily displaced, but we are great, fine, up and running. Wow. Well, we are glad that you're back up and running. And uh, I know that everybody was, was wishing you well and, and yes. keeping you in their minds. And that was wonderful. This week... We have, um, interestingly, not really seen a lot around politics. Um, well, there has been. But, you know, normally this time of year, we're really right in the swing of election season. And the ads are out there and the, the conventions are gearing up and the rallies are happening and Obviously, coronavirus is putting a damper on that for all of us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you know, all of that is because of voting. And yes. voting is something that I know we are both passionate about. We both Fair. want people to vote. I actually just went out and voted the other day because we had early voting that's been made available out mm -hmm. here. Uh, they did a great job of keeping everybody distanced and, and made it available for that. But one of the things that I notice is that it just doesn't seem like there's, as many people getting out to vote anymore. Yeah, I have been a, an election official for a number of years. I serve at the polls um, because I remember very early on being told that the greatest threat to democracy was not from the outside. It was our aging voter uh, election officials. The fact that, you know, you go to the polls and these folks are 80, 90 years old and eventually they're going to die and there's nobody there to you know, take up the challenge of working those long days. So um, voting is key. Voting is, is vital. And, you know, the rule in my house is once you were of, a, of voting age, if you didn't vote, you couldn't live here. <laughs> I mean, oh, man. I mean you, you just couldn't live here. So um, I do understand that it does, you know, the, the coronavirus has kind of, you know, taken us all back. But I do see some efforts online in particular to make people aware of the deadlines to register to vote in their uh, respective jurisdictions. The other thing that I'm also seeing is a lot of conversation around voter suppression vis-a-vis -vis voter ID and voter ID laws. Okay, wait a minute. Voter suppression through voter ID laws. Yes. Would no. you like me to say more? <laughs> oh, yeah. I want you to say more and then I'll correct you. Now, 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 now. I mean, it, it, it's through a particular lens. 
I am not saying that this is necessarily the case in every situation, but um, they are equating those two particular um, those two particular activities. So, in many states, including the one I live in, there are requirements for you to vote, and I am I'm of two minds about how I feel about that. I. I, in the times that I have served as an election official, I have never had anyone come up and present fraudulently, or I've never had a case where I've needed to call an election judge or anyone because someone has presented um, themselves in what I would think of as a fraudulent manner. I think the, the biggest thing is, is that there were practices in place if someone showed up, they had ID, but they were not registered at that particular precinct. There was a policy for that. If someone showed up and they had proper ID for an address that was within our precinct and they could prove that they actually lived there, people would bring in election bills and all kinds of things. Um, they were allowed to place a provisional ballot. I'm concerned about places where you put a um, unreasonable burden on folks. Okay, well, hang hang on. Before you get into that, sure. let's talk for just a minute about what my understanding is the provisional ballot means they get to go ahead and cast their vote. Yes, they do. They still have to come back later and prove that they actually were who they said they were they're when they came to show in. Up, they're supposed to show up at the County Board of Elections to do so. That's why provisional ballots are held off to the side. If someone is serious about having their ballot counted, you will take those additional steps. Now, I can't speak for how often that happens. I can only speak from my experience that people place the provisional votes and they are put in a special, well, we had, we had those secure envelopes that had the locks on them that you would put these votes in. I don't know if the votes ever, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if the votes were ever counted, but I can tell you that there were never more than a handful of provisional votes. Now, granted, a handful of provisional votes across 200,000 precincts is a lot of provisional votes. Sure. It's a lot of provisional votes. Not going to argue that. But there's a difference between a provisional vote and allowing people to commit fraud. Because the argument has been that either the government is committing fraud because they're not counting the votes or people who are presenting themselves in a fraudulent nature to cast a vote but i personally believe that people should be able to go to the atm and vote but now <laughs> wait a minute so by your own admission you never encountered anybody coming in in what you believed was an attempt to fraudulently vote exactly. i would argue that voter id laws are a proactive response to the potential for that that prevents people from coming in in the first place and even making the attempt if i know that I have to come in and I have to present mm -hmm. a valid form of identification, mm -hmm. then I'm less likely to show up and try and beat the system. It's the same reason is that we put locks on our doors. You, you hear it all the time. Locks are not to keep the thieves out. They're to keep honest people honest. Now, some of us get some much more robust lock systems to deal with the thieves. <laughs> but I think voter ID laws are similar to that. They are the lock that we put to keep honest people honest. As long as the process for getting the ID is honest. 
okay, but I mean, come on, getting an ID in Tennessee, which we have, we are one of the strictest voter ID laws mm -hmm. in the nation. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad for it. And all you got to do to get an ID is go down to the courthouse or go down to the DMV, verify your information, mm -hmm. pay 12 bucks. There you go. You got your ID. Now, I'm going to ask you a question because I know this is something that, you know, is near and dear to your heart. What if you're homeless and you don't have ID or you then can't get ID? We have agencies in place who will do that for you. And you have agencies in place to do that for you. That is not the case in every jurisdiction. It is not. Um, I can think of one instance where we had a gentleman who literally, who, who, who literally, there was a gas station on the corner and that is where he lived. And he said that he was told, now I, I cannot uh, account for the veracity of this statement, that as long as he used that as his address, that he could get ID. And so that's how he got ID so that he could vote. That was to vote in the, uh, what was that? That was the first time Barack Obama ran. That was how he got ID. I just feel like there is a, there is a possibility for disenfranchisement. And I think that we're at a point in our history where we have to make every attempt to allow everyone who has a right to vote to vote. And I'm all for that. And, okay, you know the work that I do in the homeless community I here sure in Chattanooga. Do. I sure and, do. And you've been a great supporter of that, and, and that's just another reason why you're really awesome. One of the things that we do is we allow people to use our agency's address for right. their ID. Right. So what happens then, and, and now here's, here's the thing. We, we talked about the agencies that are set up for that. Right. The agency that I'm talking about is the government. Right. Okay. But, but that's the You're, government in Tennessee. That is not that is not a nationwide law by any stretch of the imagination. Well, I can't speak for what anyone else does, but here in the state of Tennessee, where we are one of the states that have the strictest voter ID laws, mm -hmm. the government makes sure that people are able to get IDs. So it, it's right. not, I mean, we're a Republican state. We're a hard red state. We're, we're, you know, we're not like Georgia, where there's a chance that maybe in two to four years, they might flip blue. We're nowhere near that. We're as solid red <laughs> as solid red is going to come. The county that I live in is is a solid red county. Now, the, the city of Chattanooga is probably this little blue dot in the midst of all that red, mm -hmm. but it's it's a dot that goes back and forth. We, we flip up on Democratic and Republican mayors. I mean, Bob Corker was our mayor down here right. for a little while. Then we had, a, I think, another Republican after him, and then we went to a Democrat, and we'll see what happens on the next one. But what we're dealing with is the county government run by a Republican mayor with a heavily majority Republican county commission goes to the county health department that is set up right across the street from us with one of the nation's only independently standing clinics for people experiencing homelessness mm -hmm. where they have county paid social workers. So somebody presents themselves, that social worker fills out a mail form for them to start receiving mail at our location. So mm -hmm. here's a great example of public-private partnership, Absolutely. the sort of thing that happens in red states. And then we no, take that. that. They, no, yes, I just said no, that. No, you didn't say that. Yep, I said it. And I'll say it again. In red mm. states, you mm. find good public-private part partnerships because we don't feel like the government has to pull it all off and there's a place for the private entities to do it. Well, you know, you know with, why there is that partnership. With you know, the government. You know why there is that partnership? 
Red state? Yeah, because there are a lot of poor people in red states. There's a lot of poor people in blue states, too. Uh, there's a lot of poor people in red states, but I digress. Uh, I mean, we'll talk but, about that another time. Yeah, another time. But I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying, and I'm and I I'm saying that, you know, elections, we have national elections. We should have a national posture on how we deal with folks who are experiencing homelessness and making sure that people who have the right to vote, vote. But that I'm goes simple. outside the Constitution. What, so having a, a right a to vote? Right, no, it's a state's right issue for how the IDs and that part of it are set up. True, but we also have figured out a way to administer welfare and unemployment and all those other various things that are states' rights as well. This right, is just as this is this is but this is just as important. This is just as important. So then it sounds like you've got a great platform for your national nonprofit to help people get IDs to go out and vote. I mean, okay, let, let's look at it this way. A Gallup poll done recently showed that 63% of Americans supported automatic voter registration for mm -hmm. people as soon as they become mm -hmm. eligible mm -hmm. to vote. And then get this, of the people they, they polled, 80% nationwide supported mm -hmm. voter ID laws. So an overwhelming majority of the United States believes that we should have voter ID laws. And as it stands, 36 states in our union do have some form of a voter ID law. But once again, and coming at this from a historical perspective, you know, requiring anything other than someone showing a picture ID or asking them, for example, you walk up to me to vote, to register to vote. I already have my role in front of me, it's probably on something iPad-ish now. Um, you are required to state your name and your address. I find them on the roll and I repeat it back to them. That's the affirmation of, I have said, I, this is who I am. I have looked at your ID and I have confirmed who you are. You know, so that, that uh, satisfies the requirement of identifying the person before they, before they vote. So you looked at a photo ID. And I, and they gave me their address. Okay, so what's the problem oh, here? Hold, hold on, hold on one second. Hold on one second. So, so we've confirmed that. So, but let's say, for example, you say your name. I look at the ID. You have moved, but you registered to vote. So you're on my roll. But the ID that you present has a different address. Okay. You can be denied the right to vote in that precinct. Or you could be forced, you could be forced to fill out a provisional ballot. Okay. Now, you have done what you were supposed to do. Not everybody gets around to changing their address on their ID immediately upon moving. And I am, I'm guilty of that. I, that was not the first thing I went and did when I moved. I, honestly, it was not. I actually waited until my next birthday and did that. But um, don't laugh. You know, you're telling me that every time you've moved, the first thing you've gone to do is change your update your driver's license within ten days of moving because that's the law in Tennessee. Oh well, well that's that's the law in Tennessee. Well, forgive me, but it's not the law every place else. So so in theory, person comes in, they have a right to vote, and we have found a reason for them not to be able to pass to cast a regular ballot. Um, anecdotally, I have also heard, um, and this, you know, I'm not saying that we sit around and we talk about this stuff, but there have been situations where 
someone lost a drastic amount of weight and they no longer look like their ID picture. We know people who have had certain things done and they no longer look like the picture on their driver's license. We do know some people like that. Right. Address was fine. They were on the voter registration. You don't look like your picture. You need to cast a provisional ballot. Okay. And I mean, but that's not right either because they presented. It's them. They just don't look like them. You know, they pull out all this other ID. I had. Okay, I've got a great example of that. Sure. So, again, working in the homeless community, I knew of two guys who were in uh, the same camp area together. Okay. Now, one of them, now they were roughly the same height, Mm -hmm. roughly the same color hair. Mm -hmm. And this is going. One of them was super skinny. Mm -hmm. I mean, super skinny. And the other one was heavier. So, what happened was, the heavier guy takes the skinny guy's ID, goes down to the courthouse and says, hey, I need to get a new ID. I've put on some weight. So mm-hmm. he gets a new ID, state issued ID with his face on the other guy's name. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there is a good reason for for keeping that up to date. One, because of the fraud that can even happen with with a real picture ID. Of course, this is going to be the exception to the exception. I, I get that. Yeah. But yes, if, if I end up losing a bunch of weight, which I mm-hmm. hope to do over the next year, mm-hmm. I'm going to go get a, a fresh picture for my ID to make sure <laughs> of that. Uh, okay, Jimmy. And I believe you. I, I do believe that you will. Yeah. Well, just check out my social media. There's plenty of pictures of me. You'll see fresh pictures often. Uh, oh, oh, okay. I'm just going to leave that alone. I, you know, like I said, and, and just so I, I kind of round out my thoughts. Um, voter ID is a very sensitive subject within certain African, well, not African American, certain black communities. Um, in that it has been used as a tool historically to keep back black people from voting. Yes, Jim that Crow is, and poll taxes. Um, all, you, totally all that, all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And so ID was another way of keeping folks from, uh, you know, being able to vote. Now, the funny thing is, is that the generation who was least likely to have that kind of identification is slowly dying. Let's, let's just be for real. Um, you know, I would say that, you know, my mom, I'm not going to reveal her age, but, you know, we've made sure she had ID. Well, if you're but 21, then she's roughly 40. 42, 42. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, but I can remember from my time as a nursing home assistant um, that there were folks who were in the nursing home and the only form of ID that they had was their red, white, and blue Medicare card. Now, that's becoming less and less. Because in the world that we live in now, you can't go anywhere without having some sort of some sort of ID. Exactly. I understand that, but I'm saying that there is still a legacy of, you know, it is it is a barrier to voting. And I mean, for a lot of people, perception is reality. This is why, in some parts of the country, they're using ID laws now. In Virginia, um, 
there are so many different things that you could bring in for ID. It, it's not funny. Um, and they don't even have to be picture IDs. You can have a voter registration card, you know, um, the, you know, employee card, a student ID card, your tribal enrollment form. If you're a member of one of the indigenous tribes, um, a copy of a current utility bill, bank statement, on and on and on a paycheck. So there are lots of different ways that you can prove who you are. I'm not arguing that. In other states, it is very prescriptive as to what kind of ID is acceptable. And normal in some states, it's a driver's license or other government-issued government ID, and that's it. That's it. But, but doesn't it make sense to participate in a government event that you would use a government ID. The same way to participate in my private workplace, I wear a private ID badge for that workplace. But I'm saying that just like when you go to get um, a passport or a driver's license, they accept other documents to prove who you are in order for you to get those documents. Why not allow people to present those same documents to vote? Okay, how about, how about this? Let's look at United States has over 330 million people. You sure about that? Yes. You sure? Okay. I read it somewhere. Okay. Now, of those 330 million people, just over 50% of the population votes in yes. any presidential year election. Right. Okay. Of the midterm elections, we see about a 40% voter turnout. So fewer people vote in the midterms, except right. in 2018, where we actually had almost the same numbers. Exactly. Um, but what we run into is that in our nation, roughly 11% of the population does not have ID. Right. 11%. Uh, mm -hmm. Those who are of voting age right. do not have ID. Right. So if we follow the numbers... That means that only about five and a half percent of those people might actually vote right. if they had an ID. Now, let's consider this for a minute. I work in the homeless community mm -hmm. as part of my day job. Mm -hmm. And in the work that I do, I work with a wide variety of people. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you, you want to hit the diversity claim. If you can name a way that we describe people, I deal with that in the homeless community. We have a very diverse population. And every single one of those people are able to find ways to get money for particular snack items they might want, mm -hmm. drinks, mm -hmm. in some cases, drugs and alcohol, mm -hmm. being able to get into events. Mm -hmm. They find ways to get the money for what they really want to do, for sure. what really matters to them. And I would argue that of that 11% of people who don't have an ID, if that ID was the only thing holding them back and they were truly committed mm -hmm. to getting out and being able to vote, they would find a way to come up with the, the nominal amount of money that any place in the U.S. is going to charge to go get an ID and go vote. Oh, you've got, I mean, but you have a lot of community support. You have a lot of community support. But we're talking about 11%. I realize that. And I mean, and maybe the emphasis shouldn't be on the 11% that don't have ID and the emphasis should be on the what? I can't do math real fast. The uh, 39% who aren't voting? Well, I agree with you. 
<laughs> but the voter ID law has nothing to do with those people who aren't going out to vote. That's them not being engaged in the civic process. I may cede this one to you, Dr. Jimmy. I might. I might just have to cede this one to you. Yeah, I'll hear it here first, folks. I, I, see, this is the whole idea behind having conversations. I still feel like people should be able to show up to the polls with the documents that you would normally present in order to get an ID. I, I don't understand why one is okay and one is not okay. If I can show up with a birth certificate, a utility bill, and no kind of photo ID to get a photo ID, then I should be able to show up at the polls with those same documents and be able to vote. Well, I'll give you I'm a good saying. reason why a utility bill would not be a good use. Well, okay, I'm just saying. I'm and and that is because I, I, I know of a person who I, I don't, I will not say their name on here. Thank you. But I recall them moving into an area of town that did not zone them for the school where they wanted their kids to go. So oh, they no. went to a relative oh, no. who lived oh, in no. that school zone. Oh, now get this. They got them to send them over an electronic copy of their bill mm -hmm. and then went on Microsoft Paint, the one that comes standard with any PC machine, wide it out, the person they knew's name, and then just went in and retyped their name in there as the utility bill, printed it off, it looked 100% official, and then used that to register their kids for the school where they wanted you know, to go. Why is that song... I know people in low places coming to mind right now. Because, girl, I am down south. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, uh, that takes a lot. That takes a lot of energy. That takes a lot of energy. But it I'm also just, proves my point. If you really want to do something, you will go to the ends to get it done. If you really want to vote, you will do what you have to do to get that ID to get out there and vote. Now, I do want to talk to you about oh. some of those other 39% that you were talking about, okay. if your math was correct. I can't be sure I, well, of that. Well, 11, 50% don't vote, 11 from 50 can't is vote. 39, yeah, well, won't vote, whatever. Yeah. But 39%. Uh, folks, yeah. just remember, both of us got a PhD in social sciences, That's right. not in mathematics. There was no math involved. I haven't taken a math class since undergrad, and that was called math survey where we only mm -hmm. did about a week on each of the different mm -hmm. types of math. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, no math here, yeah. but, but here's the thing, except for 18 to 24 year olds, mm -hmm. everybody votes 50% or more of the population votes mm -hmm. of the white and black communities. Both have more than 50% who vote. Mm -hmm. Asian and Hispanic communities are below 50%. Hmm. Yes. That's interesting. Yes, I thought it was. As I well. thought it would be on the same, you know, yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. But then here was something else that I also thought was, was rather interesting. And this isn't getting into stats, this is getting into a, almost of a what the heck. So we had a conversation once before about healthcare and how. If the Republicans really had such a problem with Obamacare, why didn't they fix it when they had all, you know, right. all, both houses of Congress and the executive branch? But from 2008 to 2010, when President Obama took office, the Democrats were in charge. Mm -hmm. They had both houses of Congress and mm -hmm. they had the White House. Mm -hmm. They had the ability to create voter laws that, that could have been sweeping. They would have been challenged in the Supreme Court and they would have mm -hmm. found a way to push it through. 
Mm-hmm. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. If it really was creating this new version of a poll tax, the Democrats who claim to be the party for the minorities and for the very people that this is going to apply to did nothing to fix it when they had the chance. Who said the Democrats were the party of the minorities? Uh, the Democrats? No. Joe, Biden said, Joe Biden said, if you're not black, if you're black but don't vote for me, you're not really black. A white guy said that. Exactly, a Democrat. But a white guy. A Democrat. A white guy. A Democrat. A white guy. A Democrat. We're going to keep doing this. I'm, but <laughs> I, all, I'm, all I'm saying is that, you know, for a white guy to declare that he is the candidate of choice of black people is kind of uh, ridiculous. But now here is something else that you might find interesting. When it comes to people who vote, I found that um, millennials voted at the same rate as Gen Xers and Boomers at the similar time in their lives. Okay. In in the last couple of elections, when you look at back at it historically, and you look at the Boomers and you look at the Gen Xers, when they were in that age group, mm-hmm. they voted at about the same percentage. So you don't see a decline in the youth vote like people might talk about. Right. It's actually the same percentage of the youth who are voting. Right. It's just that as people get older, they start to realize the value of voting more and they get more involved in it. Right. And and if you grew up in my household, you had to vote if you wanted to live here. But here's something you might find interesting, too. Mm -hmm. Those with more education are more likely to vote. And Mm -hmm. those of greater socioeconomic status are more likely to vote than those of a lesser status. Yeah. I, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, the more you know, the more you know you have to lose by not having casting your vote. Um, you know, there is conspiracy theories at all levels, but I think that among some groups of people, you know, my vote doesn't count or um, there's something going on, it, the fix is in, it doesn't matter what I do. But the more you know and the more you understand things like the Electoral College, and the fact that the midterm elections in many ways are more important than the presidential election and understanding, you know, popular vote and things like that. The more you learn, the more you're like, you know, I got to get out and vote. You know, I need to reg- I need to vote in every single election. You know, I one agree. of the reasons, like I said, one of the reasons I do um, I sit all day at the polls as an election official, election officer, excuse me, is because I want to make sure that um, elections stay free and fair. I want to be there. I want to be that witness. I want to be able to say that to my satisfaction, this took place the way it's supposed to. And I would encourage anyone who's listening who has that same kind of feeling that they would volunteer. Because it is a volunteer. It's all day long. You cannot leave the polls. You have to be present. It's a very, very long day. But it is one of the most worthwhile things that you will ever do. If you consider yourself a patriot, and I'm not throwing that word around, you know, just to to throw it out and and shame people. But if you are truly love this country and what it stands for, then you will take that little bit of responsibility to make sure we have free and fair elections. Absolutely. That's my uh, soapbox for the day. I agree 100%. And as a veteran... Mm-hmm. I believe in voting and I believe that we should get out and vote because I know 
too many people that I served with mm-hmm. who believe like I do and like you do so much in what the, the founding of this nation stood for. Mm-hmm. That, that idea that we're all created equal and we all have a right that is inalienable to us mm-hmm. to pursue those things that fulfill our lives and to have the freedom to be alive for that, to have that right protected. We need elections and we need to be a part of the process that sustains that. Absolutely. And I think that, and it's another reason why I'm so passionate about voter ID laws, because if we don't protect the integrity of the institution of election, then we're throwing it away. It's one of the reasons why I have uh, had fallings out with people over the latest election, not because of who got elected, but because I have actually heard people say or watched or read them put out on social media things to the effect of, I don't care if Russia or whoever else meddled in our elections as long as it kept Hillary Clinton from being elected. And that's and scary. That's very, it, it is. very scary. It is. I, I see that as treasonous yes. because you're saying that you're okay with a foreign power interfering in our free election as long as another American didn't get elected. That's and and you're right. There is there was so much vitriol around that election that um, people lost sight of what was important, and now we're reaping that. I mean, we don't know what to believe sometimes. Exactly. This is why I say to all of you listening, is that you know number one, register to vote. I guess I'll agree with Dr. Jimmy. Make sure you have photo photo ID when you go to the polls. Volunteer to work the polls. It's important. It is very, very, very important. Absolutely. And get behind some candidates. Yes. You know, don't just be part of the process. Be part of the people who get involved. That's right. Because, you know, as as strange as it may seem, you know, school board is just as important as city council. And city council is just as important as the state uh, senate and the governor. All of those things are important because right now in this pandemic, it's the governors who are calling the shots. It's the school mm-hmm. boards that are calling the shots. It's, it's not the county the guy- yes. people who are calling the shots. Exactly. The president is not calling the shots on the things that are important to you on a day-to-day basis. Right. You need to pay attention. You need to get involved. And in fact, there are a lot of different organizations out here who are ready to support people who want to run as candidates. Let's think about all the people who were swept into office with the last mid-year just because they stood up and said, I've had enough. I mean, AOC was a barista. Now she's sitting on Capitol Hill. It, it oh, she was a bartender. Oh, she was a bartender, not a barista? I think so. Oh, well, you know what? I think you're right. I think well, but you bartender. know what? In New York City, it's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. But the, but the point being is that you need to engage and be involved in the process. And, Absolutely. you know, you have every right to disagree with what we say and what the pundits say. What you don't have the right to do is to, you know, not do something about it. You can't sit at home and then complain that certain people are in office. You, you can't do that. That is now, what you cannot do. I, I do want to throw out something else. Oh, and, no. and it goes against everything we've just said, but um, I will defend it just as vehemently. Okay. Okay. 
what we have in our First Amendment right to free speech mm-hmm. means that we also have the right not to say anything. So if your lack of voting is not just laziness, not just forgetfulness, but you are in some way protesting by not voting, and that's how you are exercising your First Amendment right, good on you. It's not the way I would go about it. As a matter of fact, I've, I've had elections where I have written in my own name or somebody else's name that right. I thought was a better fit if Absolutely. I if I could not stomach marking one of the people on the ballot. Absolutely. So and I oh, mean, while it's not my approach, no, nope. I'll still support you. And so here's the here's the interesting thing: if you choose not to vote as a way to protest what you see as a completely broken system, I would argue that I would really like to see you come up with a better way of doing this. I, I really would. I, 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 I mean, better way. That, that's all I'm saying. What's a better way? You know, we're still perfecting our union. Absolutely. And we will continue to. Dr. Tory, this has been a lot of fun. It's always fun. Absolutely. This will be a fun one to hear the feedback from. I don't think I want to hear this feedback. But because anyway, <laughs> I agreed with you. I caved. I agreed with you. Oh, that's okay. You'll do a lot more of that as you start to figure out that I'm right. No, 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 no. I, I have to go and live with some people who are not going to be happy that I agreed with you. So. <laughs> Just, I tell you what, tell them to reach out to me. They can reach me at Dr. Tory at letstalkshow.org. Now, Dr. Tory? No, <laughs> no, no. Absolutely. No, no. Tell them to send all their complaints to Dr. Tory at letstalkshow.org. They do know I'm not that kind of doctor, right? But anyway, (laughs) it's been a pleasure as always, Dr. Jimmy. Absolutely. And for those of you who are listening, thank you so much. Remember that you can listen to us not just on the website, uh, but you can also connect with us via Apple iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts as well. And make sure you share this with your friends. Tell everybody else about it. Give us great reviews so that more people will see it and get involved.